0: This morning, uh, scriptures from Psalms 130, 1 through 8. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel for all their sins.
1: Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 2, and then skipping a few, and then 6 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Verse 6, for to us a child is born. and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. You know, we find ourselves in this, this beautiful time of year. Uh, I just love this season. I, I hope that you uh, do also. We, we uh, find ourselves, or at least... Hopefully, we find ourselves, sometime today, maybe this week, with a nice cup of peppermint hot cocoa, Uh, maybe on a couch or a comfortable chair sitting in front of a fireplace or a wood stove. Um, If you were to ask me, ideally, there would be snow falling outside, Uh, but that time will come. Uh, and maybe we just cuddle up in a, in a warm blanket and read a nice book, and doesn't that just sound nice? Yeah, you're all like, yeah, I could do that. Maybe I'll do that today. And you'll take a nap, and you'll fall asleep, and it'll be nice. Uh, you know, this season, it's, it's, the days are getting shorter, the nights are getting longer, the, the winter weather, we can feel it, it's just around the corner, and we prepare ourselves Christmas. And all in all, we call this season Advent. And and like I said at the beginning of the service, Advent comes from this Latin word, and it simply means coming or arrival, and it looks forward to the coming uh, of Jesus Christ. It's this whole season in the church calendar. Uh, and, And part of what I love about Advent, and Lent is the same, but part of what I love about Advent is that it's not a day I don't know about you, but when you approach a day like like Thanksgiving, for example, sometimes uh, you don't prepare yourself, and you get there, and then you're like I don't know what I'm supposed to be thankful for. Like all the pressure's on for that day. Like I'm supposed to be thankful right now. Of course we're supposed to be thankful all year. That's a whole different sermon. But uh, we're like, I'm supposed to be thankful right now. What is the thing? I have not been preparing myself. And, and Advent and Christmas in the church calendar is not like that. We have this entire time of preparation as we approach Christmas, this time of getting ourselves right uh, with God, this time of, of preparing uh, for uh, Jesus, our, our Messiah, the light of the world. Uh, and at the same time, it's, it's this time of anticipation. Um, and, I, and I just, I love it. I, I hope you love it. Uh, We get to put up special decorations, you know, around our house, and and we get to do neat things. But uh, I don't know where you're at right now, but every year there's people, and there's not just a few. uh, So if this is you, you're not alone. But there's people every year who approach this season, and quite frankly, they don't feel very holly jolly. Uh, they, They don't feel it within themselves, Some stuff has happened in the last year, in the last several years, stuff has been going on in our world, and they approach Advent, uh, and, you, and you realize uh, you're just not in, in the mood for it, uh, maybe yet, or maybe you just won't be uh, this year, but here's where the good news is with that, because the story of Christmas, especially in the Bible. The story of Christmas is a story of people that are living in darkness that see a great light appear. It's the story of weary people who find hope. It's the story of grieving people that find a reason to rejoice uh, despite life's circumstances. They, they see that there is hope, they see that there is a glimmer of something that God is doing. Uh, So this uh, Advent season, we're going to do this sermon series, and it's called Light in the Darkness. uh, And it focuses around uh, this passage from John chapter 12, verse 46. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should see. Stay in darkness. You know, often we look at other verses when we talk about Jesus as light, but, but I really like this one from John. Listen again. I have come into this world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. God's people at this time have found themselves. In darkness. And Jesus breaks into that uh, with this light and and this promise that no one who believes in him should stay in that darkness. So my prayer uh, is that we would all fix our eyes on the light of Christ, no matter how dark the world feels around us right now, that we'd be able to fix our gaze, our, our focus on the light of Christ and And as we go through this series, we're going to focus on the four different uh, traditional, if you will, Advent words. It's what each candle represents as we light the Advent wreath. So the first one for today is this word hope. And then peace. And then joy. And then love. And then we'll find ourselves on Christmas Eve. I do want to say before I get started... Um, and this is a resource, if, if you've never looked at it, I highly suggest it, but if you go online and you type in BibleProject.com or org, I think it's com, um, either way, Google search it, you'll find it, Bible Project, um, hugely beneficial uh, resource, wonderful resource, uh, has been very helpful to me in preparation for these sermons. So uh, I just want to give them credit uh, in the beginning. Otherwise, you'll go on there and you'll be like, Pastor John ripped off uh, half this stuff, and I did not. Uh, but that is how God's people work, right? So, so it's been a helpful resource uh, for me, but also just so many great things. And there are these really attractive kind of uh, videos with, with images and everything, and they're very, uh, very good. So again, BibleProject.com. Uh, look at them, and there's a whole series on these words. Uh, it's called their Advent series, and it's on these four words, and uh just, just sits with you in a different way. So uh, do look at that if you have time, maybe while you're on your couch with your blanket uh, and your hot cocoa, maybe you can watch a Bible Project video. Uh, and that would might, might, might be nice also. Uh, so today we'll focus on this word hope, and and I think we all know this feeling that, that, that we're talking about. It's the sense of anticipation. Uh, but largely hope is the sense of anticipation that tomorrow will somehow be better than today. Uh, so we all, we've all had that experience. We've all been able to look, and, and it might make you happy or it might make you excited. But, but really, in, in English, we call that word hope. Uh, we, we are looking to a future uh, that we hope uh, is better than the present. Um, and this is actually a very, very common theme all throughout the Bible. It's a common theme throughout the Old Testament. It's the a common theme in the New Testament. There's many, many Bible verses uh, that talk about hope. and it, it's just really important. And, and part of the reason is for the vast majority, uh, of people who have been followers of God or, or followers of Jesus uh, in the New Testament and beyond, life has been anything but easy. For the vast, vast majority, even still today, the vast majority of Christians, life is not uh, simple, it's not a cakewalk, if you will. There's, there's always been difficulties, and, and yet there's this need of this sense of hope to look and to say, tomorrow may be better than today, or at least we hope it will be. Uh, We can trust it will be. So for the majority of Christians, uh, they have lived in times of famines, times of war, exiles, disease, uh, just just different difficulties of all sorts, lack of of resources uh, for them and their families, and for the majority of human history, this has been the Christian story. It's not, uh, this is not a gospel that is primarily written to, to people that are well off, or people that are well uh, resourced, or people that are, uh, even have their health with them. This is, this is a, a story written for those that are hurting, those who are in need, those who feel like, uh, as our theme is, those who feel like they're in the darkness uh, of this world. So it should come as no surprise that that the Bible is rich in how it describes hope. That it's rich in how it describes what what I'm going to call biblical hope. Now there's different kinds of of hope or different things that we can put hope in and it makes us react uh, in different ways. Uh, We can put hope in circumstances of life, things going on around us and And things that we want to turn to and say, maybe maybe this will give me a better future. Uh, For example, you can hope that the job that you interviewed for, that that you might get that job. Uh, And then you can kind of imagine, oh, if I do get that job, it will mean this, it will mean that. Uh, So we can put our hope in those kind of things. We can hope that the money in our bank account will go a certain distance uh, when it comes to paying the bills or it comes to uh, making everything meet. But you don't have to be around this world very long before you realize that, that that feels different than when we hope in people. Somehow when we hope in circumstances, we can be disappointed, but when we hope in people, we can be crushed. And life can, can truly be hard. Um, you know, Maybe you hoped that marriage would look and feel a certain way. And and you've been let down. That it sits different with us. Maybe you hoped that you would have a certain kind of relationship with your parent. Or a certain kind of relationship with your child. Or maybe your adult child. uh, And it's not working out. And that pain, it's so much greater than just hoping in that job, right? It feels like we almost need two different words. (laughs) Uh, for what's going on here, so uh, both of these are very present uh, in the Bible, and I think we can take comfort uh, in that. You know, the people in the Bible, uh, all the way through—I've said this quite a bit—they're just normal people like you and me. I, I don't know if you've, if you've read enough of it to realize, but these are these are people that are hurting. These are people that uh, are far, far from perfect. Some of them, you read their stories and you see that God used these people and you go, oh, maybe God can use me because that person, that person was pretty messed up. <laughs> that person was, was pretty bad and God, God used them for great things so it can give us hope uh, that, that God can still use us. So it should be of no surprise uh, that they also experienced pain and they experienced hurt, and they needed uh, God to come to them. uh, Through most of this series, I'm going to try to look at uh, not just the words of hope and peace and joy and love, but actually what the Bible uses for those words. So we're going to look at some Hebrew in the Old Testament and some Greek in the New Testament and see what the words are that we are translating uh, into our word hope uh, and see where that goes. So in Hebrew, there's two words. For hope. Uh, one of them simply just means to wait for something. Uh, and that's, that's wonderful. And uh, we see it, you know, for example, Noah in the ark. Uh, in that story, we're told that the flood waters are receding. You know, after they've been floating around for a while, the flood waters are going away. And we're told that Noah waited for weeks. And that's that word for hope. He hoped for weeks that, that God was going to do something, that there was going to be dry uh, ground again. The second Hebrew word, which I want to focus on a little more, is kava. In, in English, if you brutally put it in with English letters, uh, Hebrew is not written with the Latin alphabet, but if we did, it would be like Q-A-V-A-H. Kava. And I'm mispronouncing it. But, that's the word. Uh, and it also means to wait, but there's, there's more here, and I think it's neat. So, it's actually related to, to the word uh, for cord, or rope. And you say, why is it related to the word for rope? Uh, and it's this idea that, that there's tension when you pull on a rope. And, and there's tension in the rope, and when that rope breaks, or when that rope snaps, there is this release. So that's, that's how the word of hope is related in the Old Testament, that we feel this tension inside of us, and then the hope is in that release of that tension, that release of that, that pulling inside of us, and you can kind of see that, right, when you hope uh, for something that you can feel it inside, that it feels tight, and, and we pray and we hope for that release that can come, that someday while we're living in this dark world that a brighter light will come, that something will happen uh, in the future. So biblical hope is actually about waiting and anticipating. Uh, It's about waiting uh, with anticipation that, that something's going to happen. But the question becomes, in the Bible, what are people waiting for? And what they're often waiting for is God. Almost exclusively, as we look through Uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, people are waiting on God to do something. They know that the world that they're living in is not how it should be. It's not how it was originally uh, made to be, that sin has come into the world, and they need to wait on the goodness of God and God's character and God's promises. We see this over 40 times in the book of Psalms alone. People are waiting on God. Here's Psalm 130. Read for you earlier with verses 5 through 7. Look for this word, wait, and the word hope. And you'll see it many times. Again, starting at verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in His word... I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than a watchman waits for the morning. More than a watchman waits for the morning. Verse 7. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. The biblical hope, biblical hope is not the same as optimism. It's not the same as, as being optimistic. See, having optimism is about choosing to think that the circumstances of life will turn out for the best. That's different than hope. Sometimes optimism is actually, it's actually making an educated decision. You, you look at the circumstances of life and you say, uh, here's all the, the factors, and I can see that this might turn out well. It might, it might be against the odds, but I can see based on everything going on around me that maybe this will turn out well. That's optimism. It's kind of this, uh, the old saying of the glass half full uh, versus the glass half empty. where hope comes in is what if the glass doesn't have any water in it at all? What if you're looking at the glass and there's no water, but you believe that someday there will be water in the glass? That someday the, the time will come when this glass will be full again? Not because you look around, not because you checked your weather app and the rain is coming. Maybe you don't have any evidence to say, other than looking at God, looking at God's promises, looking at what God has has done, maybe even in your past, when you've been uh, against the ropes, and seeing that someday, this glass will have water in it, once again. See, that's biblical hope. It's very different than being optimistic. It's very different than just being a positive person that has a positive outset as you look at the world, that you can see all the factors and you say, this is going to turn out well. Or I could see how uh, this thread can can weave through and we can have uh, this bright future. It's looking and saying, there's no evidence that this could turn out well, other than I know who God is. Other than I know God's promises for me. And this is what we see over and over again in the Old Testament. That's why I bring this up. We see this over and over again. There's no evidence for a better future, but you choose hope. Anyway, so the prophet Isaiah or prophet Hosea, for example, he's living in a very dark time. God's people are being oppressed by foreign empires, but he chose to live in hope. Hosea chapter 2, verse 15, he says that this valley of trouble that he finds himself in will turn into a door of hope. That he and, and God's people find themselves in a valley of trouble, but someday this will turn into a door of hope. Hosea and Israel's other prophets, they lived through terrible, terrible events. And yet they called on God. And they called God's people to look to the only thing that could not be shaken in a world that was crumbling around them. And the only thing that could not be shaken was God's character itself. The only thing that could not be shaken was the promises that God had made to his people. That he loved them. That he will be with them. That he will never leave or forsake them. And in that, they had hope that tomorrow would be a better day than today. Or that someday the day would come when a light would enter into the world. And as we're in this season of Advent, we know the day that that these prophets were looking forward to, and it's Christmas. It's this day where the light entered into the darkness of the world, and and we see this this theme of hope continue into the New Testament. So the earliest followers of Jesus also are living during hard times, and the light has come, but it has not been fully uh, established in the world around them. They can look to Jesus, but they can also look at the world around them and see uh, a very difficult world that they find themselves in. But they cultivated inside of themselves this this similar habit of hope, of being hopeful people. They believed that the power of Jesus' life and death and resurrection and, and that the empty tomb... As they looked at it, that it was a new door of hope. You see that language continue from the Old Testament. That they now look to a new door of hope in the empty tomb of Jesus. They used a Greek word to describe this as they were writing in Greek, and it's El Peace. Now Susan's chuckling over here. Because I was telling her about the sermon before, and, and I said it's El Peace, and it's spelled. You know, in English, you'd say like "elpis," and I said, "It's not just Spanish for peace; uh, it's Greek for hope." I think it's funny. L. <laughs> peace. Now you'll remember it. <laughs> First Peter one three, Peter talks about a living hope in the world. This praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So this living hope is, is focused on a person. It's focused on the risen Jesus who overcame death. And this living hope is available for all. See, what what Scripture shows us is that what happened to Jesus at the resurrection was just a foretaste of what was to come. It's just a foretaste of what will happen uh, later in the the world and we actually, as as God's people right now, we live in this in-between time. Some biblical scholars call this time that we live in the already but not yet. And I kind of like it. We've already seen Jesus. He's already been resurrected. Easter happened. And and then he ascended into heaven and, and we worship a risen Jesus. Jesus is not dead. In heaven Jesus is alive. Even right now. But yet... We have not seen the end of time. We have not seen this time where, where Jesus will come back and there will be peace. And, and, and there's also this, this separation of, of, of the sheep from the goats and, and judging the living and the dead and all this. And at the end of that, there will be peace like we have never seen. And there will be this new heavens and this new earth, and they will be combined into one, similar as as we read in the Garden of Eden, and, and we will live there with God. So we are in the already, but the not yet. And it's not the easiest time to live. I thank God that we're not uh, pre Jesus, that we're not in the Old Testament, because. Uh, We can at least look to the cross, we can look to the empty tomb, we can see uh, when we think about God's promises, we can look back at what God has done and say certainly God will do something in the future. Uh, Maybe you can do that even in your own life, maybe you can look back to a time where God was faithful, where God saw you through hard times and, and you can look backwards so that you can walk forward. But we can, we can certainly do that as Christians, as we look to the empty tomb, as we look to the risen Jesus as this foretaste of what is to come. We can look back so that we can continue to walk forward. Romans eight twenty two through 25. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship. The redemption of our bodies For in this hope, we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they have already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. It's a little bit of a tongue twister here. So let me read that second part again. For in this, meaning meaning this this idea that we will be adopted uh, into sonship, that we will be uh, children of God, that we will uh, come alongside Jesus Christ in the resurrection of the dead. It says, for in this hope we will be saved. And then he goes on to explain why it is hope. He says, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. For who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. We are hoping for what is to come, but yet our hope is not in vain. You know, as we look at this word in Scripture, it, it isn't just some interesting you know, Bible study topic. It's not just some interesting word to study in the Bible. It's deeply, deeply personal in our own lives. This idea of what do we hope for. Often what we hope for is what we actually live for. What are you looking for? in the future? Are you, are you just hoping that the paycheck will go far enough, or are you or are you looking for a risen Jesus Christ? Are you hoping in relationships with other people, fragile as they may be, or are you looking in living with this sense that, that tomorrow will be radically better than today, because Jesus Christ will come. And what we have hoped for, what God's people have hoped for, for all these years, someday will happen. That just changes our mindset as we look at the world around us. If you look at the world around you and you see darkness and you see uh, doom and gloom and, and then you let that affect who you are, then that's kind of the end of the story. But if we look to the light, In the end, there's something beautiful there. A year ago, this Sunday was the second time that we couldn't gather in the sanctuary. Uh, And we were fully online. I mean, I was here. (laughs) You all weren't here. It's not the easiest to preach to a camera. (laughs) At least I had the worship team sitting out there. And there was some time after that week that I came into this sanctuary, and, and I sat towards the back, and it was midweek, and the light switches are way up here, in case you don't know, uh, and I didn't walk up and turn them on, so I just sat in the back, and, and the lights were off, but yet the screen was up, and the cross was lit by the sun, and all there was in a dark room was a cross. And it was enough. God's people couldn't gather in in safety in the same way, but God's people were gathering in spirit, but but the cross was enough. It was enough for me. I like it when you're here. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, it makes this a lot better. (laughs) Hopefully you like it when you're here. Uh, hopefully you, you like to gather, uh, but the cross is enough. Don't don't fool yourselves into thinking that we need to look at the circumstances of our world around us and decide uh, if it's enough of, of what's going on, if we can worship in the right way, if we can feel it, and some people say, oh, I just don't feel God the same. Well, God is the same, and God is enough and even if even if the sky falls the cross is enough and even if if the days immediately ahead of us in our world don't don't feel light and it feels more like darkness the cross is enough so don't ever let yourselves be be tempted to take your eyes off of that. Been, it's been a few months since I've said it, but I, I always ask that after the worship time that we put the screen up, and I know it's like while we pray and we can hear the motor and it's not that great. But, but if you find yourselves focusing on that cross instead of looking at me, I, I say Amen. And the same with the spotlight and the candle. If you just find yourselves in this next month, maybe what you need to do is sit in that chair and just stare at those candles. Just stare at that light in the darkness. Because Christ can meet us in these things too. Because when we focus on God, we focus less on the world around us. And we can focus more on hope. Christian hope looks like looking at the risen Jesus Christ in order to look forward into our everyday lives. In order to look forward to this day that we read about in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 4, probably sounds familiar to you. It says that the day will come where he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain where the old order of things has passed away. That is where we place our hope. And I'll end the same way I started from Isaiah chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So as we enter into this Advent season, let us enter in as people with hope. Not optimistic people. Not people that look at the circumstances of life and say, I can see how if all the the pieces are played right, that this might turn out well. But people that look at, at even an empty cup and know that someday it'll be full. Why? Because who our God is. Because of what he has promised to us. Because we can look at the risen Jesus Christ. And know that this is a God that fulfills his promises to his people.